0: Hello, hello, welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm Molly Herford, and today we have a very exciting episode. We are going back to actually, if you recall, our first ever episode with Sarah Gross, the Feisty Media founder, CEO, fearless leader, whatever you wanna call her, general badass, one of my favorite humans. Uh, and this time we are here to actually talk all about e-courses. Uh, we came up with this idea because Feisty launched their awesome fueled e-course a couple months ago and I thought it'd be really fun to take us behind the scenes a little bit because we are all about sort of the transparency feisty is so much into getting women into the fitness industry Uh, and we love looking at the business side of things you know that's why we had the outspoken summit Uh, You can definitely go back and listen to our imposter syndrome panel from that from last year Uh, but in this episode Sarah and I really wanted to talk about what it really means to make an e-course because I think you know on Instagram, we get spammed with ads all the time, or at least I do, and I'm pretty sure if you are a entrepreneur type, you probably are getting them as well. That pretty much everyone can slash should make an e course, and it's so easy and click this button and boom, you're gonna have your e course. But it is far from that simple. That said, you know we absolutely think e courses. Are an excellent idea for a lot of different people in a lot of different businesses, but there are definitely some things that are really helpful to know before you get into it. So, we wanted to take this opportunity to really talk about what Sarah learned from putting together the first e course and what she's taking going forward as, you know, more iterations of Fueled come out, new cohorts come online. Actually one is coming on soon. So definitely make sure you've checked that out. If you haven't signed up for Fueled prior to this, uh, it's definitely, definitely worth doing. So get in on the summer cohort. Maybe if you were a teacher and just did not have time during the spring, now's your chance. There's just so much information. It's such a great course. So many of my favorite humans uh, are the experts and really just put so much into making it happen so the course itself is fantastic but I think what was so interesting is really just hearing some of the behind the scenes of what it took to make it uh, and definitely what Sarah would have done differently what she's thinking about in terms of marketing for the next one just so many other things to think about as you're planning your e-course especially things like you know, Instagram ads are great, but they're probably not going to net you a whole lot of actual purchases. Uh, That's where your newsletter list is going to come in. That's where your sort of pre-order list is going to come in. So uh, we get into all of those different nuances. So hopefully this helps you if you've been thinking about an e-course or maybe it just gets your wheels turning about an e-course. Either way, enjoy this episode with Sarah. All right, business of fitness back with feisty overlord Sarah Gross.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not sure how I feel about overlord, <laughs> like a like
0: all-powerful leader, uh, fearless leader. It's a bit like the
1: patriarchy, you know what I mean? Like, true. <laughs> yeah, true. Like...
0: Okay, Sarah Gross, softer title, leader of feisty.
1: <laughs> okay, that's cool. It's like just, just reminding of like the old, like the feudal system, you know? Like it's if I have. Land and I am the
0: overlord. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. No, no overlords here. But we do have someone who launched a very successful new e course called Fueled. The first cohort is how far along are they at this point?
1: So they're about two thirds through last night. So I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but last night and today we're having our expert sessions with the like that are like sort of two thirds of the way through. So two
0: more weeks and that cohort, that first cohort is basically done. I love it. I love it. And I think, you know, before we even talk about the business side of things, let's just say the Fueled e course was such a much needed thing in the women's athletic performance space. So maybe just give us like the 30 second what the Fueled course was all about.
1: Oh, thank you for saying that. Um, Yes. So essentially what we wanted to do was provide It is a nutrition course, but we actually only have one out of six modules that are purely about nutrition. So what we wanted to do is provide like the entire context for how we make decisions about food and fueling as athletes or as active women, right? So we started with like the cultural context, diet culture, just pulling apart all that bullshit we've been taught. Um, And then we talked about uh, intuitive eating in the second module, which is interesting because I think a lot of us have learned to, I don't know, almost learn to like not trust ourselves anymore in terms of our food choices. And then we go into the science. So we're like the exercise physiology around why we need certain substrates, like why we need carbs, fat, protein, and the timing of that. Uh, And then we talk about, let's see, life cycle pieces, you know, so like puberty, midlife, our hormone cycles, uh, pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, of course, and postmenopause, And we kind of tie that back to nutrition. And then we have the actual like figure out then from there what it is that you need to fuel your active lifestyle. Um, Now I've said all that, but actually it was very, very difficult because those are dots like connecting nutrition with female physiology, with exercise are dots that like even the scientists are scrambling to connect (laughs) because we haven't done it. So we're just Mm -hmm. taking the information that we do have and trying to piece it together.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. I'm coming off of two separate interviews today where we talked about hormones and, uh, you know, menstrual cycles and what we do and what we don't know and where the research is still just so nuanced and so new. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, but I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like, even if the research is new and we are still figuring it out. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be presenting some of it and letting people know what's what are we learning what you know what are we thinking is is going to work from this so I think
1: yes and also like teaching people to think for themselves yes so like here's what we do know and connect dots for yourself and
0: what works in your life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay so why do an e course like just kind of at the most basic what made you decide this is the thing to do
1: oh I you know as we've kind of gone down this road like we've always sort of been about education right so especially through our menopause brand at the hit play not pause podcast and then through a women's performance podcast we started to realize like just the response we were getting that like women really do want quality information that they can trust about their bodies, about how to be active and how to feel good, et cetera. So we just leaned into that. And the more we leaned into it, the more we realized that people wanted it. So that was kind of our reason. Like, that's how we've done everything. Like we start with the content, you know, and we offer it for free. And then we say like, what are people responding to? Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing about the fueling decision was that we ran of i i was almost like a social media push like a mini campaign last fall called fueled is fast where we offered all kinds of stats around low energy um, availability red s and like information around it and we like the response that we got to that campaign it was a two-week campaign was amazing like Mm -hmm. okay this is something that people are talking about that they want to know more about so we kind of knew the topic was right for our audience
0: Okay, I love that because I think so many people are tempted to start an e course based on you know what what they're particularly interested in and what they they think people that follow them might be interested in. Mm-hmm. This feels like you you really were able to kind of test the waters before you even had them, maybe the idea, but you sort mm-hmm. of knew okay this is this is really like landing with people. This seems like a good good way to do it but you could have gone in a bunch of different directions as I'm thinking about this, right? You could have Mm -hmm. gone with more of like a a one-on-one coaching or like a group coaching or, you know, more of these like high touch things. Mm -hmm. Uh, E-course is sort of this nice middle ground, especially the way you've chosen to do it. So how did you decide on the the cohort-based format? Because I think that really blends the best of both worlds of like you're sort of dry like masterclass e-course that everyone signs up for and then doesn't take Mm -hmm. with like more of that group mindset
1: yeah it's that's an interesting question we sort of laid it out so that we could down the road do both so one thing about an e-course is like once you've created it you can update it but you kind of you have a product you know and then you can from a business perspective you have a product you can sell it you can update it you can sell it again right um, I think for us, we, we wanted a couple of things. We wanted something that was going to be a reasonable price point. Uh, so we launched the founding group was $99 U S dollars. I think we're going to put the price up a little bit, the second round, because now that we've got the course together, we're like, Whoa, that was a massive value <laughs> for $99. Um, but we thought like a lot of again, what we hear from our people is like the community aspect of what we do is so strong and people really like it. Mm -hmm. Right. So for those people who wanted to be part of a community going through the course, and you can see it when you're in there, we had two cohorts. One was the founding cohort, which is essentially like the under 45s. And one was the menopause cohort, which is the 45 plus And there's so many comments on the content. And so they really are like working through it together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have these um, expert sessions where people can bring their questions. We just thought that people wanted a community-based thing. Um, And it doesn't exclude, like it includes the people who want that, who wanna work through materials with other people, but it doesn't exclude the people who don't want that. So you can, there's enough, I mean, there was a hundred dollars you know, worth the material in there like five times over, right? So, mm-hmm. like, if you bought this thing for a hundred bucks, and you're like, "Oopsie daisy, I can't come to the group things. I can't do the course right now." You still have access to that for life. Well, yeah. we're saying for life, but like, if if our platform goes under, I didn't like when someone's eighty five, they might not be able to log in. Whatever,
0: but, yeah, but, but we'll like, all be living in pods on spaceships. <laughs> and everything
1: by then anyway. So, no, but, like, where is that fueled course I signed up for? Mm. <laughs> um, but you know, they'll still be able to log in later and do it on their own if somebody wanted to do that. So it was kind of both things. One, we thought our community wanted a community-based program. Also, for those who don't, they can do it at at their own pace as well.
0: Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I think it it allows for the community, but it doesn't push the, like, necessity of doing the community-based stuff. And you could also do a little bit of community or not, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: So you can go in and you can comment you know, and talk to people about stuff just in written or you can attend the live session and interact directly for an hour and a half with the expert or you could sit and listen to the live session. You could watch it later. So mm-hmm. the the opportunity
0: to engage is just
1: whatever you want it to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, with Feisty, like that's something that has always stood out to me as far as like the community building. I mean, I think the like group chat thing from the summit Back in November, I think people are still in there and talking in they that are. group chat. Like, it's, it's amazing, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that and, community, and they've supported each other so well um, from outspoken. It's so cool, yeah. From outspoken, like I've talked to several of the women, and they've started their own little like, uh, you know, I uh, mastermind groups, basically, mm. where like they're all talking to each other. They have um, like pretty serious like monthly Zoom calls where they are getting on a call with each other and they're going through like. Hey, what's working for you and your thing. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, yeah, that kind of accountability, that kind of community, like it's amazing. And I bet we're going to see that from this e-course, even though it is, you know, all virtual, I could see, you know, like that group's going to stick around and women are still going to be in there and they're still going to be talking like two years from now. I hope so. I sure hope so. So it's running. We got it, but- Putting together an e-course. Can you just, like, (laughs) maybe just tell people how freaking hard it is?
1: Yeah, I just just, don't want to mince my words too much, but, like, this was probably one of the hardest projects we've put together. Um,
0: Which is funny because you've done so many in real life, you know, hundreds of people attending a thing at the same time, you (laughs) know, dozens of speakers, and still putting this thing together (laughs) is harder than that. Somehow
1: the course... Well, because you know, we look, I look at my team, I'm like, none of us are educators by trade. You know what I mean? Like, um, none of us, we we had to hire the experts to bring the material, right? So like, because we're a media company, (laughs) right? So it's not like, we're not just like the solo person who's making the course, who's an educator, who's like an academic who makes courses all day long. Nobody is that, right? So it, we, there were a lot of people that had to communicate with each other to make this happen so we had three different experts right we had i hired um a contract with Demolder hill they're called and they they're amazing and they're like educators that's what they do and they create online courses and so I hired them to put the materials together in a way that flows for a course to make it make sense and then we had three people on our team review it <laughs> right so this is a lot of like wheels in motion right yep. and there's a lot of space for like miscommunications or not knowing who's responsible for what or like all of those things we had to it took a while to streamline yeah you know?
0: and I mean having done like I made a very I'm gonna not even it's not crappy there's a lot of good information in it but I've done an e-course before and it was super simple it was like vid, you know like just me doing like long videos there was no community component there were like worksheets but that was it that took me so many hours and it wasn't it wasn't super fancy there wasn't like a high production value there wasn't really like much to it outside of videos and it still took a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. So, How many hours would you say <laughs> have gone into this? Oh, man.
1: It was, I, I should have sat before this because I knew you were going to ask me that. I should have sat and like typed it out or whatever. But, you know, <clears throat> I think there's probably two, you know, th- two or three people working 20 hours a week for three months, probably, yeah. including myself. Like, um, and then that's not including the experts time. So right. I think each of the experts probably spent, you know, 15 to 25 hours pulling the materials. That's three different people, right? So if someone wants to keep a math tally, all this, you know, and then there's a couple other folks that are already on my team doing the reviewing. So that's probably three or four hours per module there's six modules per person so, so I don't know what that comes out
0: to but like pretty close to like a thousand man hours woman hours at that yes. point like all in probably yeah yeah
1: and I think I don't want to discourage people like because if you think about like you know this was something that like we wanted to it's not perfect by any stretch but like we wanted to do a good job of and we knew we were sort of on to something and we have an audience we know who we're selling it to so we wanted to be able to provide a product that like hundreds of people can buy the first time around, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, if you're a solopreneur, you know, and you're just, and you want to have 10 people go through your course and give you feedback on it the first time, it's a bit of a different project and it could be smaller. But like you said, it, it still takes... You know, it's not to be underestimated how long it takes. And we didn't do any, like you said, like the video quality, of, you mentioned video quality. Like I didn't hire a videographer or anything like that, which is another thing we could do. So we could like fly a videography team to our expert to, to record videos. Like there's there's tons of layers of things that we could do that we didn't do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's just so much that goes into it. Um, so were there any like major hurdles? I mean, last time I saw you, we were both at Sea Otter Bike Festival and you were in the media center for somehow like hours of the Every time I went in, you were in there like trying to put the finishing touches on it. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yes. So we did, you know, I'm going to say probably six weeks to two months ago, we had a major miscommunication um, with the people who were creating who actually creating the course, like the the contractors I had hired, where they like there was a several layers of miscommunication with the with the experts as well, where our expectations of what we thought was going to be a simple course quote unquote like this simple we kept talking about it like it's just a ninety nine dollar course it's simple but like my version of simple is still like a very in depth course I've now learned right, and they were putting together a simple course. <laughs> I mean, like, uh oh, like our audience cannot, like our audience is educated and they're savvy and they've listened to some of them, hundreds of hours of podcasts on the types of topics that we're covering. So we need it to be, uh, we need it to be of a certain standard. So it was fine. Like it was totally fine. We regrouped and like they, um, the education, the, the two women who were providing the education pieces were like, they upped their game. Like, a thousand times. And they're like, fine. Yeah, we can do that. Boom. They turned it around <clears throat> and we got the modules that we needed, but it was definitely a moment of like, oh no, like we're not thinking the same thing. And we've been working on this for like six weeks.
0: And I think that is such a good thing, especially if you are, you know, whether you're asking someone else to help you put together the e-course and like the more technical aspects or you're you know, adding other experts to it. Having that really clear, what is this? What exactly does it look like Like, Yeah, from the gun is going to be so much easier than editing in post. Like that was our big learn was that like, was to do exactly that, to have a very precise
1: outline of what we wanted, (laughs) excuse me, to communicate with everyone. Um, And part of the reason I didn't the first time around is that I was hoping to, you know, like I only have, I have a, full-time staff of five people right like there's only so much of their time we can be like hey now we're adding this other project to your plate and this other project right so it takes more internal staff time to get that together in the first place which Mm -hmm. is what we're doing for our next courses coming up um but it was something i was like well if someone else is good at this and they could do it then why not
0: And I think you don't know what you don't know, right? Like it's so easy for me (laughs) to sit here and be like, oh yes, obviously you would have a very in-depth outline (laughs) relating exactly what you would expect from each person on the team. But Mm -hmm. like, why would you think of that (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like from day one, right? Like if you sort of assume that everyone's on the same page and you have no reason not to believe that, then, you know, naturally you're expecting this. So I think it's, It just goes with the territory. Like you're, and I think in our case, like, yeah,
1: like we hired someone to do that, but then it was like that first communication with, like that the first communication of what they understood we Mm -hmm. were creating was different,
0: you Mm -hmm. know.
1: So that's where it's like, oh man,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. Now the decision to hire someone to actually like put the thing together, there are, I mean, there's so many different online platforms, Coursera. I'm trying to think of any of the other ones where you could do it all yourself. So this is not something where you absolutely have to have an expert. So what made you decide to actually go with an expert versus trying to DIY it? And I don't think either, like I don't think either direction is a bad thing. Yeah. I, have, I think there's value to both.
1: Yeah, it was more about, it just a random coincidence. So I actually met our course creators that Outspoken. Um, yeah. At, so one of them had come, and she just said to me randomly, we were chatting and she said, Oh, I do like, we create online courses. Like, that's interesting because we're thinking of doing online courses. <laughs> um, so I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then talked to them and they're like very smart and switched on and there are people. Um, and so we decided to go that direction. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't kind of serendipitously met them, I don't think I would have gone down that road. I would have done it <laughs> ourselves. Um, But having said that, I'm really glad that I hired them because I didn't like, I don't know anything about the flow of learning,
0: you know, we
1: would have just put videos into a thing
0: (laughs) like, well, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think you also then own it on your platform rather than having it through one of those, like the plug and play ones are great for someone who's doing, you know, trying out a course and like seeing how it goes but you lose a big percentage of your profits to that platform right so you don't yeah. really own it fully
1: yeah it depends what you use that was another thing that i've learned a ton about is like because i did consider investing in a pretty robust lms system um, system learning management system that's what mm. that is so that's like the next level after your casera or kajabi which is actually where our course is in the end but okay. I, I wanted to have in, and in the future, I still do want to have like the possibility of AI learning um, of like the gamification of learning too where you could like, like tap something on a video and it, it does something different. You know, I think all of those things are going to be the direction of education. So it sort of makes sense to like think about it and know it and understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, we decided like good like like a good entrepreneur running a a startup that's bootstrapped to figure out like first what our audience wants right like are they even interested in buying courses from us like if we haven't answered that question there's no reason i should be spending like five figures on an lms system <laughs> right? yes um so i'm glad that we decided we stuck with kajabi which is probably the simplest platform to, you could host a course on, you know, I know people who run multi multi-million dollar businesses on Kajabi, totally do it. Right. The platform's easy to use. My whole team can go in there and do stuff. So I'm glad we stuck with it for this one, but I had to learn what I was choosing,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many options out there. It's funny. I, yeah, recently like in making the website for Strong Girl Publishing, I did the, I'm going to call it like at the time, it seems like the good thing where you're like, okay, next action, like take the next action. And I'm like, okay, Bluehost, like, let's get signed up for this and like did that. And then I was like, oh, wait, this platform is terrible for my needs. Like I have made a huge mistake. Back it up, back it up, back it (laughs) up. And took like eight times as long uh, to figure out where I eventually was going to end up and still have like kinks to work out from that. Um, So it is that the little bit of research at the beginning pays off versus, yeah, you could have gone down the rabbit hole of like oh, i should get an lms system that makes sense for me and then you're just crying under your bed just yeah <laughs> exactly why won't it load
1: exactly it's sort of like if you buy a system that your you or your staff don't know how to use then you have a whole nother thing,
0: right? Yeah. That you've you, actually you've added, really a, invested. you've added another project on top of the course creation. You also have to learn the platform. And I think that's a, that's a very important one to point yeah. out for sure. Like doing the simple, this simple, you cannot understate
1: the, like doing the simplest thing first is so such a good yeah, decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So you've made an e-course, uh, but now you know, you, you don't just hit open and like the floodgates open <laughs> and just hundreds of signups happen just <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Uh, so what did you learn about marketing? How did you spread the word for this course? What are your What are your takeaways here? Yeah. So we started probably six weeks
1: out from selling the course, putting out content around fueling and seeing what kinds of things people
0: responded to. Did right. you talk about the fact that you were having an e-course that was coming soon or did you just like... Not at the beginning. At the beginning, we we're just talking about fueling. You know,
1: we we're just like, here's some information. Like, let's see if people are interested in these topics, right? Um, and they they were. Um, and then in the next phase, we went into a drive to a wait list for the course. So that's when we started to tell people we've got this course coming, you know, and here's that. And then after that, then the course went on sale for, I think it was a week or maybe 10 days. Um, Catherine Taylor, who's, I know she's been on your podcast here. She Mm -hmm. does all of our sales stuff. But the other interesting thing, and we talked about this before the show a little bit, is that like Instagram and Facebook, you cannot guarantee they're going to show your content to your own people.
0: Especially if it's content where you're trying to drive them away from Instagram and Facebook. So anytime you're saying like, go to our site, link in bio, check out my course. Yeah they're just like, we're going to hide this shit.
1: Yeah. So like most of the ads we ran were to make sure that the people that follow us on Instagram and Facebook know that we're doing a course. And if they're interested in said course, that they know they can sign up via a wait list. So then we have their email, we can come back and say, okay, this is what the course is actually about. And they can choose if they want it or not. So that's kind of like, we paid, we had to pay for that. Um, mm-hmm. especially like you know once you start putting on instagram like once anything looks even slightly adsy like it's a graphic or something like that yep. you'll get i mean you probably find this too like you can get we have like take it up 10 15 20 thousand people on an account and get like five likes yeah <laughs> you know? it's like oh man very upsetting yeah
0: like but this is a really good infographic i'm not even selling anything i'm just trying to like show you the five things about this and yeah yeah Instagram's still like nope Nope. You got to pay for people to see that.
1: Damn Yeah. And that said about, sorry, like that said about our six week timeline with the sales cycle, like that's super short. Mm -hmm. Like we could, I see other companies like selling, especially if you're selling a bigger course, like this was, like I said, this is a hundred dollar course. If we were selling a $500 course or a thousand dollar course, we might, you might start six months or a year out. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, here's the content, some content that's educational about the types of things you talk about in the course Get your audience kind of excited or seeing that you're talking about that, you know, if they're responding, like you could start that months before, Mm -hmm. you know, and in future we will. So this has all just been like a a learning curve for us too, of like how we run ads, what kind of works, how we get people onto the wait list and also like the feedback from that. Like, like we've talked about a couple of times, like what they're actually interested in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, would you ever, what's your thing, what's your thought on, because I know there is like the popular marketing thing of like marketing your course and putting up the wait list before you've even like made the course. Wait.
1: Well, we kind of were like half and half on that. Like our course was our, like even the last module, I'll tell you this, the last module that's coming out in five days, it's not been completely reviewed <laughs> yet. <laughs> So we did launch it and sell it before we were done it, but not before we knew what the course was and had like the best part of the content in there. Like we knew where it was going. It was just in a review process or there's certain studies missing and we're looking for things and adding links and and stuff like that. Not, or like recording videos later, but we know what the content of the video is going to be. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. But I think
0: that's okay. I think where people might get into trouble is like when they just put out the like wait list and they actually like haven't done anything on it. Because as we said, all of this stuff takes so much more time than you would expect. So yeah. I can see, like, I know I would definitely get in trouble with that. Like have I a think... like big wait list and then be like, oh crap, I've run out yeah. of time. There's
1: lots of like a waitlist. It's kind of interesting because it's like okay, it's okay to have a waitlist as long as no one's paid you money. True, <laughs> you know, like you could gauge interest in that way. And then if
0: you're like, oopsie daisy, I don't, I'm not doing this course. Like, well, I guess yeah. If you only have like three people on your waitlist, and you, need, <laughs> yeah. you know, you need like 200 to break even on it. Then uh, yeah. there's there's your answer. Exactly. Ooh. You can send a nice note to those people and apologize. Mm-hmm. You know. It's yeah. Fun. Like in some ways, the waitlist is actually like a super good gauge. Now, in others, this is like one of those you only—it's the boy who cried wolf kind of thing. You can only waitlist yeah, yeah. so many That's times. You keep canceling them. Yeah. Only before. do that once. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the yeah, other thing, like before, before doing that too, and this is something I can't understand why more people don't do this with social media. Like we literally have this. We have these platforms where like everyone, there's billions of people on these platforms and you can test out what people want in like a very low key way. Like even if you have like you like, if you have like, 100 or 200 people on your Instagram page, right? You can put out a piece of content and see like if 50 out of your 100 people respond to that and people are commenting, then you've got that immediate feedback of like, this is actually what people want. And you could do that, over and over and over again mm-hmm. right and so why we become so it's like you said earlier like where people get attached to like no this is what i want to do and what i want to say which is also important right you have to maintain some of that oh, yeah or like your core values and what you when where you're going
0: yeah like you guys couldn't do a like fueled course how to lose weight like that right. would not <laughs> yeah. have worked yeah <laughs> exactly
1: exactly like you have to, it has to be aligned with your core values yeah like but, lose
0: that last five pounds uh yeah not, no not exactly the <laughs> not the thing not the thing
1: but if we put out like let's say we could put out a quote card that has too much science jargon on it and people might go huh what does that mean Or the opposite, like we've dumbed it down too much and people are like commenting like, actually, branch chain amino acids, (laughs) right? Like, oh, our audience is smart, is like smart and switched on and they want a little bit deeper on the
0: science. So like you can figure that stuff out. You have a free platform to do that on. Yep, yep. And you and I talked about this briefly at Sea Otter and this is sort of tangential to marketing and I want to get back to marketing, but you and I talked about this. When you are making the e-course, I think if you're someone who already shows up a lot on Instagram, like on Reels, on TikTok, on on podcasts, um, you're pretty used to speaking fairly off the cuff and not editing yourself so much, or, you know, you do kind of casual blog posts, but you're not really going back and like scouring them because it is free content. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I talked about this at Sea Otter, the amount that you went back through that course and you were just making sure you didn't say something like you guys, Yeah, Um, or we were even talking about, you know, it's such a natural thing to say female athlete instead of woman athlete, because frankly, I'm going to say it woman athlete is still just a mouthful. it like, it's, it's really difficult to get used to saying that instead of female athlete, but they're two like, it's a very different message at this mm-hmm. point. Like which one you say, um, can you speak on like how precise you wanted to be with this one? Yeah, I mean, in addition to some of the things you're
1: talking about, I also was very cognizant of, like, not pulling the language through, say, from the physiology textbook into, like, how we... So, and what I mean by that is, like, the physiology textbooks are literally written like, men have more testosterone, and therefore they are better at all of these things. Women are worse. (laughs) It's literally, like... It's literally, like, the male norm. It's, like... That's, you know, and then, then like, why are women not as good? <laughs> like, and so, Because that's the science, like we haven't studied women's bodies, like that's how it is. And that like, it even if you're trying not to, it's hard to not talk that way. All of not- these
0: books came through the male gaze, like that's how they
1: were written. Literally, yes, yes. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, and then you're trying to present You know, and so like I remember um, Alex, who's our sports physiologist, um, framing, like trying to frame the the, um, puberty piece where like when men go through puberty, they have increased testosterone, which makes them better at a lot of things related to sport. Right. When women go through puberty, they get better at making babies. Right. Like it's like, you know, it's different it's different than what like so it's just a different way of framing it like mm-hmm. instead of being like they get at sport
0: <laughs> right yeah <laughs> their bodies are shifting to do a different like different mechanism here
1: yeah exactly I like, it. So, I like it so
0: I like went. sorry I sort of went tangential
1: there but like I just kind of wanted to make sure like all of the language was good and smooth in that way mm-hmm. um and inclusive and so I edited especially those first two the ones where we talk about diet culture body image that's what I was doing that day when I saw you at Sea Otter was like last minute making sure that we can bring as many people along with us with the language we were using and I feel like you know Celine Yager edited all of those things which was amazing Um, and in the science for example, in science chapters, like I didn't edit anything in there. Like that's not my wheelhouse, but some of that social science stuff and the history, I just, I just wanted it to be, to bring everyone with us. So Mm -hmm. that was re-editing and re-editing.
0: Yeah. 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 Like it's to do it right. Like there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and coming, okay. So now I'm going to come back to marketing. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Instagram and paid ads and Facebook and the algorithm, but Let's talk about the fact that most of your sales are going to come through your newsletter.
1: (laughs) Yes. And your email list. Right. So like not just, you know, we have our newsletters. Right. So but we also created a separate list that is who is interested in the course. Like this is the wait list for the course. Mm -hmm. And that list we was separate. So you could sign up for that list from Instagram or from our newsletter for from anywhere. That also gave us a really good idea of how many we were going to be able to sell, mm-hmm. right? Like, because people—I mean, I've had people before assume that, like, because someone's on the wait list, they're going to buy Definite the course. Right no. there, <laughs> <laughs> like, like the, going on the wait list is not giving you one hundred dollars, <laughs> right? Like, so um, yeah, so definitely we did like a drive towards a wait list, and then you have, but then like later, you know, you have. We also talked about how. I think this was before the show, like how it used to be seven or eight impressions you had to make mm-hmm. in marketing before someone would buy something from you. Um, and I've heard recently that it's more like 21 now because we're, yeah, what? very upsetting because we have all of this, um, you know, because we have so much marketing materials thrown at us all day and we're on our phones more, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I think that like, maybe if someone saw the course during the waitlist the first time, you know, that might be their second or third time they've heard of Beisty and and the Fueled course. And so, Mm -hmm. but then they're, you know, then they're in the system. We can talk to them. They can know if what we're about is also what they're about. And maybe Mm -hmm. they'll decide to buy later. Um, So yes, we definitely like the sales come from the list and the list comes from social media.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and you also have this like whole podcast network of people like working, you know, not for you, but like working alongside of you and promoting this content. And I think that's something that, you know, maybe maybe kind of goes a little like people just don't notice it as much because it's mm. hopefully it is showing up 21 times and they just kind of don't think about it. But I think yeah. to to put together a successful launch And I mean, people can do this, whether it's a podcast literally in their network in this case, but you could do it with, you know, friends, podcasts and friends feeds and stuff. So like Mm -hmm. the, the actual like involving sort of your network as sort of your, your marketer is not in like a creepy MLM kind of way, but in like a, like honest, genuine kind of way.
1: We did affiliates for the course when we launched it so that it would show up. So the course launch would show up on different people's social media channels and with our group and um with some of our feisty ambassadors. And but we gave them like I gave them a good cut. Like it was like 30 to 50%, depending mm-hmm. on I like, I think I'm okay to say that honestly on that thing. Like that's a lot of your profit to to kind of quote unquote give away. But like I do not underestimate how um hard marketing is. Like if somebody has built up an audience and can sell courses, they can have like sure they can have 50% because that how the time and effort it takes to build their audience, to tr- for the audience to trust them, and then them in turn trusting us to provide a good course for the people they're selling to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a whole, that's
0: a whole thing. And so it's it has value for sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the the hope with the the first iteration of the course really is that you know you have a fairly full course that then those people in turn are telling their friends about it afterwards and become the advocates for the next round of courses yeah word of mouth is definitely still like the best kind of marketing um, yeah i mean i'm sure you've seen that with the outspoken summits and stuff like i'm sure most of that is oh yeah my friend came last year and it was amazing so they told yeah. me to come yeah we want people to have a good experience and the other thing i'll say just on marketing is
1: that like i really do think that every business now needs to be a media company in some way, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to have social media people. You have to think about your email list. You have to think about other things that you might do, like videos, podcasts, etc. Like that's just our reality.
0: Yes. I was gonna say depressing as it is, but being as I am in many many media companies, I'm a pretty big fan of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think like we're really learning. You can't really exist without some level of free content, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and why not? I mean, it's amazing. You can go on social media now. You can tell your story. You can tell all about like the reason that you're creating this business, the, the change that you want to see, what you want to do. Like you can talk about it and like a hundred different platforms, you mm-hmm. know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And you then, and you can know, like I said before, like you can know how people respond to it and you can know what form of the message they respond best to, etc., etc. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now all of this makes me just sort of assume that you spend like all day, every day with your phone in your hand on Instagram going through. And I am very well aware that that is not the case. So maybe while we've talked a big game about social media, cause you maybe like share some, like strategy you have for not being attached to your phone all day, every day, but still getting this, getting this all out. Yeah.
1: I, um, I definitely don't like, I don't use social media that much besides for the business. Right. And if I'm find myself scrolling, I know that it's because I'm tired. So I like, don't beat myself up. I stop. Like, what am I doing right now? What do I need? You know, that's how I kind of set that boundary on one side, right? On the other side, I often go on to social media with very specific goals. I am posting this thing. Sometimes the goal is scrolling.
0: Okay, here's the deal. You wanna take control of your health, of your life, but honestly, who has the time to go into the doctor, get the requisition for all the blood work, and then go to the lab and actually have that blood drawn, then wait weeks for the doctor to get back to you with the results? No, absolutely not. Inside Tracker is the way to go. And bonus, you can do it from the comfort of your own home with their mobile blood draw. It is so easy. Oh my gosh, so convenient, so safe, so reliable. All you have to do is when you order your inside tracker panel, you actually just add the mobile blood draw option and then boom, suddenly you have a lab tech at your house at a time that works for you to take your blood. We did this last month. And honestly it was the easiest experience I have ever had with blood draws in my life. So convenient. And then the turnaround on the results is so quick and instantly you get this whole view of what is going on inside you with all of the important biomarkers that you need as an athlete, as an entrepreneur, as a go-getter. So definitely, definitely check them out. Save time in your day, add time to your life with Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw. And if you visit insidetracker.com backslash feisty, you get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com backslash feisty to get 20% off today. Okay, so if we haven't scared people away from the idea of doing an e-course, and we don't mean to, like, let's get yeah. clear, e course, Don't be scared. E-course is awesome. Just, you know, more labor intensive than you might think from the targeted ads that you get on Instagram that are like, make an e-course today. Um, so... You know, just want to give that caveat. It is a really great way of reaching your audience. And it's, you know, as you kind of pointed out in the beginning, it allows you to reach your audience at a price point that, you know, might be more attainable for people than mm-hmm. one-on-one coaching. We do have a lot of coaches that are on here. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of a great thing to think about as a, you know, extension of your your coaching that can maybe reach a wider audience. So Yeah, absolutely. Definitely that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we talk about, uh, you know, I was about to say, and it is like a great potential passive income source, but it isn't really that passive because you do still need to be keeping an eye on it. Even if it is just a course that lives online and anyone can take it anytime, you're still going to be constantly, you know, marketing it and, you know, keeping an eye on it and updating it, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's I not don't like- think... I don't know if there's any such thing as passive income, like, honestly,
1: (laughs) right? Like, like the idea, like, even if you have a course and you don't run it cohort based like we did, and it just sits on your website for sale, you still have to do a sales cycle on it. Mm -hmm. People aren't just going to find it, you know, like the number of people that Google something, find a course and click it, buy it right away. Are there's that's that happens but it's few and far between right like you still have to create you still have to think about your marketing
0: yeah and certainly with any of any of this kind of courses the research is going to be evolving, right? Like you may need to do updates to it this time next year because we actually have more research on women and, you know, women athletes and performance nutrition. And it might not even be like a huge change where it's like, oh, we have to, you know, completely change this module, but it might be, oh, we need to update it because new research is out. And, you know, we want to link to the latest research. So even if the research hasn't changed, even just linking to the most current. Yes, we even
1: had to do that even during the process of the three months that we built the first course where it's like, oh, wait, here's another study. Okay. How do we, you know, and it's just putting a link in, mm-hmm.
0: you know, but you have to go back and read it and figure it out. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Now that I've scared even more people away, I apologize for that. Yeah. Oh, still a great idea. Um, <laughs> if someone is like, okay, I'm going to do it. This sounds difficult, but like, it's really worthwhile. And I think it mm-hmm. is what would you say are sort of some of the first steps you would suggest someone take to putting one of these together? Yeah. So I would say literally, I
1: know this answer because that is what we are doing now. So we are working on our second and third courses we just started. Um, And so the first thing that we did was we met with a group of people that are going to be involved from within the inside of our company. If it's just you, that's cool. Process is the same. Um, And we like you said earlier, Molly, we sketched out exactly what each of the modules are going to be. Um, actually, the first thing we did was decide- was figure out why. We had a whole worksheet, like what is it that we're doing and why, right? And what are we hoping the value is gonna be? And who's our audience? Who are we hoping is going to buy this? And then the sketch of the, of the outline of what each module is and the journey we're hoping to take the, them on.
0: I love it. I love that you did start with why, even though you have had an e-course now. So it would be, I think, be very easy to just like, boom, what's the next? Boom, what's the next? Mm -hmm. So to actually pause for that beat and reflect on the why, I think is. Yeah. Like, what is the value that we're adding here? You Mm -hmm. know, that we don't, that you don't find elsewhere.
1: Uh, And then I think the second step would be like to take some of that outline. And like we mentioned earlier, to create a little content around it and see what kind of feedback you get from people if they are interested in certain aspects or other aspects like so even from the beginning when we planned the each of the modules we planned we actually ended up adding a another science module because we had all of this lea red s um kind of information the female athlete triad and it just kept going and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and we're like this is a whole module it's going to be now like, like the consequences of underfueling, boom, and that's that's now module five. So that's the kind of thing that like happens. It kind of evolves, and like we talked about earlier, just testing out who who's interested in what.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And then, what about for you know anyone doing vi- like who's thinking about doing video content that maybe hasn't done video content? So say someone actually wants to do their whole e course, like they're the expert. They're going to be talking about it. I would actually say maybe my other tip I'd add to this would be get yourself in front of a camera, and this could just be your webcam, it could be whatever, and actually maybe even just try to deliver like five minutes of it just to get a sense of what it feels like to be on camera if you haven't Mm -hmm. done something like that before. Because I think for a lot of people, you know, you just kind of like, you're like, okay, and then I record that video, done. Um, Right. Probably worth that just easy. Like Do a do a three to five minute video. And you could even repurpose yeah. it for social. Like that could actually be creating a, a thing for social that's sort of towards the course, but it at least gives you a sense of what it's going to be like to create the whole course. Yeah. And
1: we, you know, you could that's an area where you can lean into your strengths too. So a lot of the fueled course is actually written mm-hmm. content because there's so many external links to like to research, right? So it has Each module has a video at the beginning and some of them have two, another one or two videos, but there's a lot of written content with graphics um, included with, so if you have like, if you're good at drawing things, cool. If you're good at writing, cool. If you're good at videos, if you have audio content, the other thing you can do is like use external content. Like I've seen courses that start with like, watch this Ted talk. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to necessarily create All of the content yourself. If you think about how you did university courses, if you went to university or even in high school, like you go and you read other people's stuff. It's like, read this book, read this article, watch this video, come back and we discuss. Right. So that's another way to learn. So there's lots of different ways that you can piece together what you want to do. You don't, doesn't necessarily mean you have to sit in front of a camera. And honestly, I found it hard. Like I talk on podcasts like three or four times a week. But when I have to introduce a topic on a video, like I had to edit those videos. I had to it's edit really myself. Hard. Yeah. And then you're trying to figure out a way to look. You know, it's a, it's a different beast.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm so glad you mentioned that. We should have. We should have really touched on that earlier, but you're right. When I think of e-course, video automatically pops to my mind just because of like your master classes, your skill shares. But you're mm. so right and like I'm not a video learner. I actually like really dislike video courses or like video heavy courses. So, yeah, for me, if I was making a new e-course now, I think you're right. I would not focus on video. And now mm-hmm. there's so many easy ways to create great graphics and stuff like that. You know, Canva is an awesome tool to create those graphics and like yeah. infographics and whatever else you need, even animations. Um, and, you know, yeah. we can talk about like there's so many ways to even do video without being on video uh, yeah. and that are relatively inexpensive. So I think that's absolutely well worth pointing out for sure. Yeah, some of the feedback we are
1: getting is that it's actually they, that people wanted more videos. So I think that you're right, that that expectation that an online course has a lot of videos is kind of real, right? And yeah. I think in an ideal world, like as we continue to develop this course and the future ones, it's there's kind of a both and. So you can speak to people with different types of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you call that? who learn in different ways basically so you can have yeah. the video for the people who are more visual but then it's also for the same content just kind of written below
0: it so that's yeah. my ideal world that we're building towards I like it I like it now when you've thought about these new courses are, are you trying to think are you thinking about being completely different than fueled are you thinking about building off of fueled like tangential to like how are you sort of thinking about this because I think This is the other really interesting concept about e-courses, right? Like, do you want them to all connect really neatly or are they in their own buckets?
1: Yeah, they're definitely in their own buckets. Um, So I think one is going to be one's going to be kind of a low cost course that is strength training basics. Ooh, you know? So we have really found in a lot of our communities that like giving people a little bit of a leg up of understanding, like what people say, Oh, like lift heavy shit, just go lift heavy shit. Well, what, what does that mean? <laughs> right? Like, and the gym is like intimidating. It's not designed for us in the first place. Even me, like I was a professional athlete, right? But I wouldn't want to walk into the lifting gym, the Olympic lifting gym that's around the corner here and try to pick up some weights and pretend I know what I'm doing. Right. So like, <laughs> even after five years of CrossFit, so like I think that there's a space to um, provide some education pieces that will help folks feel like more comfortable in those spaces and getting started and know where to start and what they're choosing and why for their strength program. So that's a piece that we want to speak to. And then the other one's going to be the big one's going to be our menopause course. Um, which will essentially be like a guide like your guide to menopause this is going to be our bigger more robust course that covers all the topics we like lean heavily on celine Yeager to pull in like the experts that she knows from the podcast to talk about all the different topics and also essentially to be the guide like to be the woman who knows like if this, you need this, (laughs) you know, because there's 6,000 different ways to go through perimenopause and menopause. So um, that's a bigger project that's probably won't be ready until 2024.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's very, very exciting. And anything else we should keep our eyes open for with Feisty? And I mean, even just like, when is the rough date for the next, the new cohort of the Fueled Course?
1: Oh yeah. Great question. So we're going to do a summer school cohort that will love be it. on sale in June. So like kind of early to mid June, look out for that on, you know, you can look for it on Feisty Women's Performance and also Feisty Media. Um, Just get on the wait list there. So we're going to do summer school for that. And then in the fall, again, we will um do another. And the Fueled course will just continue to be improved all the time.
0: I love it. I love it. Perfect. And what is the website where people can go and sign up for the wait list? Oh, it's very easy. It's fueledcourse.com. Perfect. And if you're a Canadian and you spell it
1: with two L's, it will still take you there.
0: (laughs) Let me tell you, as someone who's trying to help someone edit a a book for Strong Girl Publishing right now, the Canadian versus American spelling of things is driving me absolutely bananas, Mm -hmm. especially because we have defense in the title. Like mm-hmm. uh it's literally oh. one of like the two words that are gonna be like difficult yeah. with that. So
1: <laughs> totally <laughs> I we, feel you know, the pain.
0: Yeah, we eventually just all changed our um
1: computers to American spelling so it wouldn't so it would spell check us in American spellings. And ultimately, like as a Canadian, I kind of hate to do that. It means like words look wrong to me and I don't like I love our Canadian spellings or whatever, but I think in reality we decided like as Canadians. We kind of look at American spellings and understand that they're American spellings. And sometimes, as Americans, folks don't necessarily understand. (laughs) They just think a word is spelled wrong.
0: No offense. That's literally exactly what I said with the title. I was like, if we leave it with the Canadian spelling, we're going to get a bunch of people that are going to be like, you spelled it wrong. Right. Versus (laughs) the Canadians are going to be like, ah, yes, you used the American spelling. Right. It's
1: just kind of how it is. So
0: so there you have it yeah Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) all right fueledcourse.com awesome sarah thank you as always so wonderful to chat with you and catch up
1: yeah thank you so much molly this was fun
0: Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Business of Fitness podcast. Uh, Hopefully you're enjoying the every other week format. I'm pretty excited about some of the stuff that I have coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, On the next episode, I'll actually be chatting about all things Strong Girl Publishing and what I learned about starting a business. Uh, So sort of a continuation of this uh, idea with Sarah about how to start an e-course or what you wish you knew when you started an e-course. I'm going to talk about what I wish I knew as I was trying to launch a business off the ground from. Not zero, but definitely from learning all about how to run an actual business situation. So that's coming up. But in the meantime, I really loved, you know, Sarah's honesty in this course. First and foremost, a huge thanks to her for, you know, just being willing to drop a lot of this information and really share with the public and talk about the marketing, talk about the money, talk about you know, all of the difficult things that go into creating something like a really good e-course. And I think it's pretty clear talking to her just how much dedication, passion, uh, sweat equity, time, and money uh, got put into creating Fueled. So I think if you do sign up for it, you are getting such a high-quality product. You're getting connected with so many awesome women uh, I cannot say enough good things about it, but, you know, hopefully you also got a little bit of a, an idea about, okay, if I do want to run an e-course, here's some stuff I need to think about. And like we said, it's not like we're saying you shouldn't do an e-course, uh, just that before you, uh, you know, hit pull that trigger or sign up on Coursera or pay that uh, person who says they're going to do it for you in four weeks and you're going to make millions, uh, just, You know, take a minute to really think about what your why is, what you want to accomplish from it, how you want to do that, what it's going to look like. And I think, you know, absolutely go forth and e-course it up. All right, with that, I will leave you for this week. I will see you again in two weeks. And in the meantime, of course, make sure you are following along over on social media. I am at Molly J. Herford, and we are at business.of.fitness and definitely check out some of the feisty feeds for all of the fueled info as well as the new cohorts are opening up very soon.